Section six of Monsieur Lecoq, Part one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Margaret Espayat. Monsieur Lecoq by Emile Gaboriau, Part one, Section six. While doing his best to keep pace with his companion, who was in such haste to get back to the Poivriere that he almost ran, Father Absinthe's thoughts were as busy as his legs, and an entirely new train of ideas was awakened in his mind. During the twenty-five years that he had been connected with the police force, the good man, to use his own expression, had seen many of his colleagues walk over him and win, after only a few months' work, a promotion that his long years of service had not gained for him. In these cases he had not failed to accuse his superiors of injustice and his fortunate rivals of gross flattery. In his opinion, seniority was the only claim to advancement, the only, the best, the most respectable claim, and he was wont to sum up all his opinions, all his grief and bitterness of mind in one phrase, "'It is infamous to pass over an old member of the service.'" Tonight, however, Father Absinthe discovered that there is something else in the world besides seniority, and sufficient reasons for what he had formerly regarded as favoritism. He secretly confessed that this newcomer whom he had treated so carelessly had just followed up a clue as he, veteran though he was, would never have succeeded in doing. But communing with himself was not this good man's fort. He soon grew weary of reflection and on reaching a place where they were obliged to proceed more slowly on account of the badness of the road, he deemed it a favorable opportunity to resume the conversation. "'You are silent, comrade,' he ventured to remark, "'and one might swear that you were not exactly pleased.' This surprising result of the old man's reflections would have amazed Lecoq if his mind had not been a hundred leagues away. "'No, I am not pleased,' he responded." "'And why, pray? Only ten minutes ago you were as gay as a lark.' "'Then I did not see the misfortune that threatens us.' "'A misfortune?' "'A very great misfortune. Do you not perceive that the weather has undesirably changed? It is evident that the wind is now coming from the south. The fog has disappeared, but the sky is cloudy and threatening. It will rain in less than an hour.' A few drops are falling now. I just felt one. These words produced on Lecoq much the same effect as a whip-up on a spirited horse. He sprang forward and, adopting a still more hurried pace, exclaimed, Let us make haste! Let us make haste! The old police agent followed him as in duty bound, but his mind was, if possible, still more troubled by the replies of his young companion. A great misfortune! The wind from the south! rain he did not he could not see the connection greatly puzzled and not a little anxious father absinthe asked for an explanation although he had but little more breath than was absolutely necessary to enable him to continue the forced march he was making upon my word said he i have racked my brains his companion took pity on his anxiety what he exclaimed as he hastened still forward you do not understand that our investigation, my success, and your reward, are dependent upon those black clouds which the wind is driving toward us? Oh! 
twenty minutes of merely gentle rain and our time and labor will be lost if it rains the snow will melt and then farewell to our proofs let us get on let us get on more quickly you know very well that in such cases words don't suffice but if we declare to the public prosecutor that we have seen these footprints he will ask where and what can we say if we swear by all the gods that we have seen the footprints of a man and of two women the investigating magistrate will say let me see them and who will feel sheepish then father absinthe and lecoq besides gevrol would not fail to declare that we were saying what was not true in order to enhance our own value and humiliate him what an idea faster papa faster you will have all day to-morrow to be indignant perhaps it will not rain in that case these perfect clear and easily recognizable footprints will prove the culprit's ruin how can we preserve them by what process could we solidify them i would deluge them with my blood if that could only cause them to congeal father absinthe was just then thinking that his share of the labor had hitherto been the least important for he had merely held the lantern but here was a chance for him to acquire a real and substantial right to the prospective reward i know a method said he by which one could preserve these marks in the snow at these words the younger man stopped short you know you he interrupted yes i know replied the old detective with the evident satisfaction of a man who has gained his revenge they invented a way at the time of that affair at the maison blanche last december i recollect ah well on the snow in the courtyard there was a footprint that attracted a detective's attention he said that the whole evidence depended on that mark alone and that it was worth more than ten years hard work in following up the case naturally he desired to preserve it they sent for a great chemist go on go on i have never seen the method put into practice but an expert told me all about it and showed me the mold they obtained he explained it to me precisely on account of my profession lecoq was trembling with impatience and how did they obtain the mold he asked abruptly wait i was just going to explain they take some of the best gelatin and allow it to soak in cold water when it becomes thoroughly softened they heat it until it forms a liquid of moderate consistency then when it is just cool enough they pour a nice little covering of it upon the footprint lecoq felt the irritation that is natural to a person who has just heard a bad joke or who has lost his time in listening to a fool enough he interrupted angrily that method can be found in all the manuals it is excellent no doubt but how can it serve us have you any gelatin about you no nor have i you might as well have counseled me to pour melted lead upon the footprints to fix them they continued their way and five minutes later without having exchanged another word they re-entered the widow chupin's hovel the first impulse of the older man would have been to rest to breathe but lecoq did not give him time to do so make haste get me a dish a plate anything cried the young detective and bring me some water gather together all the boards and old boxes you can find lying about while his companion was obeying him lecoq armed himself with a fragment of one of the broken bottles and began scraping away furiously at the plastered wall that separated the two rooms his mind disconcerted at first by the imminence of this unexpected catastrophe 
a fall of rain, had now regained its equilibrium. He had reflected, he had thought of a way by which failure might possibly be averted, and he hoped for ultimate success. When he had accumulated some seven or eight handfuls of fine plaster dust, he mixed one half with a little water so as to form a thin paste, leaving the rest untouched on the side of the plate. "'Now, Papa,' said he, "'come and hold the light for me.' When in the garden, the young man sought for the deepest and most distinct of the footprints, knelt beside it, and began his experiment, trembling with anxiety. He first sprinkled upon the impression a fine coating of dry plaster, and then upon this coating, with infinite care, he poured his liquid solution drop by drop. What luck! The experiment was successful. The plaster united in a homogeneous mass, forming a perfect model of the impression. Thus, after an hour's labor, Lecoq possessed a half a dozen of these casts, which might, perhaps, be a little wanting in clearness of outline, but which were quite perfect enough to be used as evidence. The young detective's alarm had been well founded, for it was already beginning to rain. Still, he had plenty of time to cover a number of the footprints with the boxes and pieces of board which Father Absinthe had collected, thus placing them, as it were, beyond the reach of a thaw. Now he could breathe. The authorities might come, for the most important part of his task was completed. End of section 6